the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Planted with Sarah Pyan. I'm Sarah Pyan, your host, and today we have a really special episode. Um, I'd like to start it out by just reading off a definition of a word, and that word is transition. Transition as a noun, um, the definition is the process or period of changing from one state or condition to another. And as a verb, to undergo or cause to undergo a process or period of transition. And transition is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, transition and cannabis. I feel really lucky to have be sharing this recording today with one of my dear friends and colleagues, Emerson Palmer. Emerson and I worked for years together at the Apothecarium in San Francisco, um, working with patients with critical and chronic illnesses, helping them find relief. And I couldn't ask for a better partner in this work than Em. He has so much compassion, um, just very knowledgeable, and I was very honored to know him during a time of transition. And that's literal transition, because when Emerson and I first started working together, uh, he was Emily, or as we, we called him, Emmy. And as we worked together, um, he was working with cannabis to help him with his transition. And I felt honored to be able to have conversations with him and to have him share his experiences and knowledge. And so today, we're going to have conversations about this. And with the way the world is now where more people are feeling comfortable in their own skin or comfortable, I should say, enough to realize where, who they are and where they need to be, this conversation is a really important one because we have more people coming into their own. And cannabis can be a really great tool for helping with that transition. So Emerson, welcome so much to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> But thank you for um, having me. It's really been uh, it's an honor to have been asked. And um, like you were saying, I do think that now would be and is the great time uh, for us to be talking about, you know, cannabis and how helpful it can be for those who are going through um, hormone replacement therapy um, or, you know, as we know it as transitioning. So when... Going back to when you, when you made the decision, how did that how did that come about? The decision uh, to transition. Um, well, like you said earlier, we we worked together um, many years before I um, decided to transition. I was Emily before I you know found my name to be Emerson, and. Luckily, we worked at the Apothecarium in San Francisco and in the Castro location, which was the original location. So we were really just immersed in the LGBTQ community. And um, a lot of our clients, luckily for me at the time, were, you know, different, um, a different variety of, you know, the queer community that surrounded us. So it kind of allowed me to be more open to who I was kind of finding myself out to be. And through our different colleagues and connections of, you know, we had colleagues who were non-binary um, and different people who did identify or had friends who did. Um, so for me, it was I was able to kind of branch out and be a little bit more happy and secure in myself to kind of explore that. And um, so actually through our our own job and our health benefits and stuff from apothecarium i was able to get counseling and i was able to find a transitional um, doctor and i was very in a safe and secure place to be able to come out you know as emerson to our colleagues and i was really lucky to be welcomed and you know, everybody, we changed my name tag and everything. It was a very great place to kind of um, open myself up and start that journey. And I knew that cannabis would very much help me um, and play a huge role in, you know, that transitional 
period with what I would have to start undergoing in terms of taking testosterone and later on going through my um, surgery. So what, what instance did you, was the first time you realized how much cannabis was going to help you with your journey? Um, Well, I did do, yeah, so some, before um, starting to take testosterone, I did do some research in terms of how, you know, changing the different hormones that interplay with your body, how that could, you know, affect you, you know, emotionally and physically. Um, What I did find through the first few months of um, taking testosterone was a a difference in my, I guess I could say my emotional um, receptivity um, and, and that being how my emotions affected me physically. Um, my emotions started to become a little bit more physical in terms of maybe if I was anxious or upset, um, I would feel a little more shaky or my heart would be a little more racy than how I used to feel uh, prior to transitioning um, or taking testosterone, I should say. So with that, it was an interesting balance of learning my body again and learning how emotions and my body um, connected. Um, I felt that cannabis has always been uh, like a source or a medicine for me that helps with my anxiety in general. So for me, in those instances where I can tell that my um, testosterone possibly was interplaying and how much my body was reacting, uh, cannabis started, for me, becoming some type of helpful source to um, relax those types of tendencies. So as as I progressed in my transition, I started finding, um, what is it? I started finding patterns in, um, when I took my shot and when, um, when my emotions kind of started feeling overwhelming and I started researching these patterns and I started realizing that there is something called a trough period when it comes to, um, taking hormones And that trough period to me was a lot like when I used to get my period and I had kind of PMS states. They're pretty much equivalent to each other. Um, When I, because my period essentially stopped at seven months on testosterone. So before that, you know, as a woman, I really did, I did understand my cycle and I do, did understand how my hormones played a part in how my emotions were during that cycle. And I started seeing similarities with that and my testosterone cycle from when I took my shot. So much like how I used cannabis during my menstrual cycle, I started experimenting with myself on using cannabis during that, those testosterone, um, like low testosterone um, phases. And I, I realized that it really does help exactly the same way as it used to help me during my menstrual cycle. And in that way, meaning it really helps with the, the fatigue my body experiences. It helps with the irritability and the anxiety. Um, and it helps with my overall mental well-being. Um, and that is currently how I've been using the cannabis um, for my transition. Do you find that both CBD and THC have a place in it? And, and where do you find that these cannabinoids are the most effective when you're, you're going through your peaks and flows with your hormones? Sure. I definitely do um, feel that CBD um, could be definitely utilized um, medicinally as well, interchangeably. Um, it depends on you know, how people feel comfortable enough with the THC intake. Obviously, if somebody did not feel comfortable or was just starting out, um, I would highly recommend uh, some type of, you know, 8 to 1, or 4 to 1, or 3 to 1 type ratio of CBD to THC. 
um, mainly because I feel like that helps a lot with the anxiety um, and could be helpful during any phase of the um, the cycle. Um, and it could help somebody just be a little more introduced into taking that small, small amount of THC um, as like an introductory thing. But for me, the CBD has helped, um, like I said, with overall anxiety. And sometimes if, well, when I did go through my um, top surgery, I did utilize CBD um, a lot for the pain management. So if somebody were to be going through any type of surgery or um, post-operative care, um, they they could then utilize that CBD um, for that pain management and the anxiety that may come with um, the after effects of going through something like a surgery. Um, I've also utilized uh, CBN in the past uh, for sleep. Um, there have been times where like after surgery, I wasn't able to sleep for some amount of time just due to discomfort, but also just after having lots of um, not being able to sleep or something due to anxiety or pressures of wherever that CBN could be helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Do you, I, I know that you've always been really in touch with what's going on with your body. A lot of times when I, when I teach classes, especially to people who are new to cannabis, I talk a lot about journaling and tracking, you know, how you feel. Um, do you think that, I, I know that that would be a good tool for people who are using it as they're, they're going through, they're transitioning their hormone therapy, but do you feel like journaling has another place just in the whole process of seeing what's going on with you and, and just kind of getting more in touch with your body and, you know, it's, it, we're walking chemistry experiments to begin with, but just to kind of see how the therapies manifest in the body, what would you recommend around that? Oh, definitely. I mean, journaling would be such a great tool to utilize. Um, oftentimes we forget about, you know, certain days that go by or how we are feeling exactly. And, um, I think I've utilized journaling even on days where there's nothing even to write. I think that that is such a great source for us to look back on. And like I said, uh, create those patterns or realize those patterns that we may go through, um, whether it be emotionally or physically. And, um, yeah, I think that would be a great idea in order to figure out what you're going through, because especially when it comes to transitioning, um, it's not just an inner uh, change. You know, it's it's a huge outer change. Your outer worlds are going to be completely um, changed as well, like your relationships, your your work, your the way, I mean, even the way you fit into clothes or every, anything is, everything is going to be different. So, um, it's, it's something that is overwhelming and it's valid to feel overwhelmed. So I think that it's important for people to, you know, be sensitive to themselves and be soft and kind to themselves. And journaling is a great way to reconnect with your your inner self and rechecking in on how the outer self is affecting you you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah when we've s- spoken about this in the past I've always been just in awe of, of really how much change is all encompassing when you go through a process like this um, like when we were talking about just like how emotions manifest in the body and you know, a lot of times, you know, those of us who are cisgendered, we talk about the differences between men and women, but we don't really understand it because we can't be in that other person's body. Whereas mm-hmm. I just think it's such a gift that you've been able to experience emotions manifesting in your body as a female and then now seeing right. those changes, how, you, how they manifest as a male. Yes. And, you know, I've always said that 
it really did take me, you know, being a woman to be a great man because it really, I, you know, for perspective, I lived you myself as a female for, you know, about 26 years. So it was a full life. And with that type of perspective, you, you gain more of a respect and more of a understanding of where all people are coming from. And, um, it feels more like a privilege to be in this position to be able to have a voice that, um, is often not heard and making it important, you know? So that is now my goal is to make our voice very, you know, important and heard because these things are, um, important to listen to. And when it comes to cannabis and it's the beauty of it is that like, it really does benefit and help you connect to yourself and connect to others. And, um, it helps your body at the same time and it can help, you know, really change people's lives. And for me, it has helped change my life in so many different ways, but it has helped me above all, like really connect to myself again. And through this process, you know, it has helped me like regain my balance and my ability to keep going. So um, that's why it's really important to have these types of conversations, you know. Yeah, and having conversations about the different w- ways of of using cannabis, I think, is extraordinarily helpful. Like, I remember you did a really, really interesting thing one day that we had talked about um, using a transdermal patch on. I remember you cutting a strip off of it because they weren't encapsulated, so you could mm-hmm. adjust dosage and and putting it on your wrist and explaining to me like how that was that was helping modulate mood for you um totally you and what what different ways have you used cannabis as far as like the ways of utilization and and where do you what ways do you find appropriate at what times for yourself personally what's what's been really helpful sure so in terms of like those patches i do i did and do really enjoy the discreteness of those as well as the effectivity of how long they last. So for example, something like that patch could possibly have 10 milligrams of THC in that one patch. Well, I don't, I don't personally need 10 milligrams right away. I, and on a trough day, meaning, you know, a day where my testosterone level I know is at its lowest and I'm possibly like the most irritable or the most, you know, sensitive. Um, I do like to microdose THC because I do think that it benefits my mind, excuse me, and my um, emotional stability. So about two milligrams um, to five milligrams throughout the day um, really does help keep me at a balanced state. So for something like those patches, they're perfect for me because I can have one full patch and I can, you know, cut it into uh, four or five little slivers and then I'll have that um, on my arm for a few hours a day. And, you know, it really doesn't, it helps me just kind of stay less irritable, I've noticed, you know. And um, so there's also been other things that I utilize it for would be, well, I, I obviously I do smoke, but it's not always a time and place for that. So that's usually for something like when before I go to bed, um, mainly because for me that kind of initiates a lot quicker and I'm just kind of just trying to go right to sleep. So that's helpful for me. Um, I also enjoy microdosing for the same reason for mood um, balance um, edibles throughout the day. I found, you know, different capsules or different gummies different things like that are really helpful for me, um, especially on days when I'm going to be at work or outside or, you know, in a social scene for extended periods of time. And I know that my um, hormone levels are low or I'm not, I'm feeling a little bit more fatigued due to that. Um, I will then utilize that microdosing again 
Mm-hmm. Um, something I've used for post-operative care that I found extremely helpful um, are the balms. So you know how they have um, THC and CBD balms. I utilize a one-to-one ratio because I do feel like it helps with the inflammation and the redness and the scarring in general. Um, I, I, I don't have as much scarring or redness, and I do feel like that has a lot to do with utilizing those um, compounds essentially like about a month after um, surgery and onward, and it has helped in that way as well. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've been documenting your process throughout. How many years has it been now? Um, in March, it'll be four years. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Jeez, that is crazy. It seems like it's been a long time, and yet it seems like it was just yesterday when you were first having the conversations. Right, and it it is very wild. You know, I still wake up every morning, and I, you know, I'm looking in a mirror, and I, I can't believe, you know, what I'm seeing. Um, it is literally like living another lifetime um, within a lifetime, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild. It's great. It's wonderful. It's really yeah, I just... Yeah. Every every time I see you put something up, which, uh, listeners, by the way, if you want to check out um, Emerson's journey, he has amazing pictures and videos on Instagram about the process. And how many followers do you have now? You've got a lot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, think you've got, like, uh, I think you have like over 25,000 followers that are, have followed you through this journey. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky and grateful to have, you know, an ability to and a platform to outreach to, you know, um, queer youth and trans youth. And I really um, I'd like to make myself uh, out there to help mentor, you know, anybody. So anyone is more than welcome to, you know, ask for advice or just even go to my page to, you know, find somebody that they can relate to Um because, you know, growing up, there wasn't really many trans, you know, people to look, look up to or um, to relate to at all, you know, in mm-hmm. media or anywhere. There's not, there wasn't anyone I could really, you know, look at and be like, you know what, I'm just like him, you know, I could, I could be like that or something, you know. So it's, you know, my goal and I feel like my generation's goal to be that outlet for, you know, the youth. And it is really important um, to nurture that youth because we aren't really understood completely yet in our, you know, society, unfortunately. So we all have to kind of stick together in that way. Yeah. It's like one of, well, one of the many things that I've always appreciated about you is just your, your drive to hold space for others and educate them. And even like with your social media presence, it's not, you're not, uh, a typical influencer it kind of it seems like it happened almost organically because you're always so modest about everything that you do which you know, yeah. it's like you you always come from such a good place um, thank you well it's one of the many reasons I love you <laughs> yes likewise likewise we're all in it together you know yeah well and it, you know we had talked in the past about just how important it is um, to help people on their journeys and to have this information and just to have somebody like you who's who's been there, who is there, who is is able to hold space and be able to compassionately communicate information that people need and to give them the support to be who it is that they need to be is just, it's it's amazing and incredibly valuable and with the world the way it is, we we need more love and support than ever before. Definitely, yes, I agree to that. And especially for our, you know, queer community and youth, um, you know, cannabis and culture and queer culture are really one and the same. It's it's all about family. It's about coming together and helping one another. And um, if we can all just maintain and see that we are all interrelated like that. Um, it'll be a lot more beneficial and we'll be able to spread the word even more so than we could have before. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's one of the things I feel really lucky that we started out in the Castro flagship store or the mothership as I like to call Absolutely. it. <laughs> of, of the apothecarium because it's really like with with a lot of, as cannabis has boomed and cannabis culture shifts and there's lots of different areas of it i always go back to the fact that you know cannabis has really deep historical queer roots and it's very lgbtq focused and so you know to to be able to help you know our i I, I used to say brothers and sisters, but siblings on this journey, mm -hmm. totally, totally. you know, yeah. um, and just really like with all the information that you're giving also just really impress upon everybody that we're all, we're all so different with how we metabolize cannabis and, you know, sure. w with what you're saying, like to take that as a foundation, but really journal slow and low is the way to go. We're all so different. Um, and really like the levels of hormones in our body really determine how we react to the cannabinoids. Um, right. I do and just to say, I was also very open to my doctors along the way as to my intake of cannabis. Um, I don't know and can say that all doctors and would be, um, you know, supportive of those things. Um, but for me, it was very important to be, you know, very upfront with my beliefs on cannabis and how it has helped me, you know, emotionally. And luckily, I was supported in that. But to still maintain, as I do, um, if you're going to be active in that lifestyle, to also maintain your doctor visits as regularly as you're supposed to through your hormone replacement treatment, because that is still very important to um, make a priority uh, for your health because, you know, like Sarah said, we don't know. Everybody's body is completely different and you want to be as in tune with your body throughout your transition um, outwardly, but also just technically, you know, um, get your blood levels checked and, you know, always have a good uh, rapport with your um your doctors and the people around you. Um, and luckily, you know, there are lots of resources that if you don't have that, you know, in where you live or in your doctor um, group uh, that online or if you wanted to reach out to me, there are different resources out there that um, there are trans friendly doctors that are happy to help you, you know. Do you feel like your doctors learned a lot from the conversations you had about your cannabis use? Um, I do, yes. Um, and, you know, luckily, I really wanted to come at it with not a, you know, in-your-face type stance, but more of just mat factual. And um, I was met with, yes, understanding and openness. Um, because, like I said, I have benefited so greatly emotionally um, with my cannabis use and my transitioning um, and I have really thought about it and really checked in with myself a lot and have noticed the benefits so to me the doctors were pretty receptive obviously there are different rules in terms of when you're going into surgeries and such that should be kind of respected, you know, because you don't want your healing process to somewhat be um, messed up in any way. So I did respect different um, suggestions when it came to like smoking and such after uh, surgeries. But other than that, in terms of edible intake or tinctures or using the balms, um, for the most part, I was received well, yes. That's awesome. I, I really feel like when we have conversations with our physicians, it helps them help other people. Of course, we do live in a bubble living in California, so not everybody is, is lucky to have the access or or to have physicians as open about it because of how laws are. But, I, you know, if, if you can, 
it's a good conversation to have in in the areas where we can legally discuss it with our physicians not they they still can't rec- they still can't do prescriptions no matter where we are but they can you know places where we can we feel we can trust our doctors to have the conversation without there being legal repercussions i think it's it's super important yeah i agree and that is part of why you know i i did choose to bring it up to those doctors at the time is because they aren't going to know unless we give them, you know, the firsthand type of experience and knowledge to say so. So to me, it is important um, to give them those just random information bits about your experience because it could help them later on if those conversations come up Mm -hmm. um, between other physicians or between, you know, if they're at a lecture or something and they want to, you know, input on one of their patients. So it could be very beneficial to us in the future. We've talked about hormone troughing. We've talked about anxiety. (laughs) Um, What are other, other things, other symptoms or experiences that people may go through as they're going through hormone therapy? Um, Well, there are definite, um, well, physical changes, you know, uh, facial hair and hair in general. Uh, I, I, well, for for me, there's lowering of my voice. Um, you know, when we first met, my voice was like way up high and now it's kind I of I don't even down. remember <laughs> your yeah. old voice uh-huh. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, um, pretty much my like weight distribution or fat distribution um, has changed. My ability to uh, gain more muscle has changed. So all of those main physical changes happen, but again, everybody's body is different and their bodies are different in terms of receptivity. So different things will happen to different people. I'm like starting to lose my hair, you know, (laughs) so it's like different things. But um, a lot of it for me in terms of obviously that type of stuff is so life-changing when I'm able to look in the mirror and see somebody that I recognize or somebody that I like really connect to is um, mind-blowing to me and completely life-changing on a day-to-day basis. Um, For me though what was the most different was all of the emotional changes that come with uh, all the other changes, I guess you can say, you know, um, and that is in terms of relationships and, you know, the world around you and how the world around you responds to to you, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that was probably the most eye opening of it all, uh, for me because I feel the greatest I've ever felt now. Um, and it was very interesting to see how, the world around you changes when you when you choose to transition you know yeah I remember once we were talking about just the the, the perception and respect you get well the respect that you get when with the with your identity being male now you want to talk about right. that a little bit sure well like I said I I lived my whole life you know up to 26 years or so as female um and I, after, at age 16, I came out as lesbian, so I was for about 10 years in that realm of society. And with that experience, I obviously experienced, you know, sexism. I, I experienced a lot of, you know, feeling or being put down or, um, you know, pushed aside or um, kind of not heard or not listened to completely. Um, And then as I started transitioning, it was interesting and not something I was going for or something that I was part of why I wanted to transition, but just an observation um, as I began more passing as male. So as my voice started, you know, getting lower and you know, my face structure was kind of, you know, chiseling out and my, 
you know, facial hair started growing in, I started seeing a, a huge shift and an adjustment in how people in my day-to-day in society treated me um, as a passing male, you know, and at the and it was completely different. It's more it's very respectful. People like look me in the eye, very, um, you know, almost like you are able to see the privilege that um, happens for the male. And um, you only can really see it when you live your life not experiencing it prior. And then out of nowhere, you're looking like a male and like passing as one. And then it becomes very present. Um, And to me, that was very eye-opening and how... um, how obvious it is now to me that that exists and that privilege really does exist and how um, not that I didn't feel it before but when you are able to experience it firsthand it is um, pretty disheartening to realize that about you know society and that um, you want to make it and change it into an ability or um, you know I want to be more since I am passing that way, then I need to be the one that changes and adjusts how we act in the outer world. And I want to be, you know, an example to, you know, help others see that and adjust that and like, obviously try to make it right again, because it was a very, it's a very interesting experience to go through to be able to have that illustrated in front of you just due to the way that your body and um, your outward appearance appearance has adjusted. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you use your powers for good. <laughs> yeah, what a gift. I, and you, we, I remember once we were even talking about how um, the difference, and, and let me know if you're okay talking about this, but... Um, sure how anger even manifests differently in your body as a man. Oh yeah. And that goes back to, um, you know, how, uh, physical things became or started to become, you know, the, um, the hand shaking and the heart racing feeling I, you know, I had experienced before, but it felt more, um, you know, like the volume was turned up on like a stereo um, feeling. And that, for me, it just was relearning um, how to, you know, cope with my feelings. And I think I I realized a lot of it had to do with, you know, not ever really getting down to the um, bottom of my, um, what upset me or getting down to the bottom of my triggers. So, um, possibly triggers from before, um, you know, years before were coming up and now I have testosterone, you know, running through me and things and possibly it made it, um, feel a little bit more overwhelming, um, when it was really just needing to uncover the truth behind uh, what I was actually feeling. So it, um, it did help me uncover more truths about myself. It helped me really dig deep into like what makes me upset or what has made me upset in the past. And, um, moving forward, it has helped me really recognize those different random, um, not triggers, but random signs and signals that my body is trying to give me to, you know, um, show me that, you know, something is off or so show me that, you know, I might have been triggered by something that has gotten me a physical reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you had so mentioned he, before that you're some of your, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd sure. mentioned that with some emotions, whereas before, as a female, it was much more yeah. like I remember you telling me once that when you used to get angry as a woman, even if you weren't sad, you'd have tearing up in your eyes. Whereas as mm-hmm. a man, it's more physical. It, it it manifests more physically in your body. 
Totally. Yeah. And, um, I think in my, uh, female body and self, I was able to really understand where I, what had upset me or I could go back and pinpoint where somebody hurt my feelings or I could very quickly, you know, know why I was upset and be upset. Um, whereas once starting to transition and um, start the hormone um, therapy, I would just start feel, I would start having a physical reaction um, like the heart or the, you know, starting to get like upset or something. And I wouldn't really, I couldn't pinpoint why or where I was upset at unless I had the physical reaction first. So it'd be physical. And then after that, I would be like, oh, okay, I must've been upset because of this, this and that. So that was really the challenge for me through the beginning stages of the transition and taking testosterone was really um, refinding that balance again and refinding that um, connection between the physical and the emotional. Like, why was I feeling that heart racy? Why was I feeling my hands shaky? What emotion brought that um, before it started happening? And it did take, you know, a number of months, if not years, you know, to really uh, find that emergence again. And um, now at this point, I feel like I'm able to um, re- I'm connected enough to my body and my mind that if something, if my heart starts pounding or my hands are like, you know, racy, I can, within those moments, you know, talk to myself and figure out what exactly and what exactly hurt me at that time. Um, but it did take, you know, the journaling, the over observance of myself, really watching these patterns and these like cycles and trying to figure out how I can um, balance them and become a part of them so that, uh, you know, we're kind of flowing through all the emotions as they come and go. Mm -hmm. Did you find that when you were first learning how to work with this, that using, using cannabis as a tool was a helpful, helpful thing? Definitely. I think that, you know, it helped not only with just the physicality of it all, um, in terms of just the the calming of the nerves and the tension and um, that comes with anxieties, but it really did allow me that time to be very introspective and um, be the observer of myself and really you know, tap into that and question myself and, you know, kind of have like a dialogue with myself. Um, I do think that cannabis, you know, even historically and throughout ancient times has been a tool and a vehicle to help, you know, oneself meet yourself and have those really deep talks that bring you to a higher understanding of who you are and who you want to be. So I 100% think that cannabis has played and continues to play a big role in my ability to connect with um, those parts of myself and be there, you know, yeah. for myself. Yeah, I, I think it's also important to talk about just the biphasic qualities of cannabis and, you know, the mindfulness around use, because, you know, when you're able to use it mindfully, it's an amazing tool to create balance in our bodies. But when we're we're not as attached or we're not as in tune with, you know, what's going on with our bodies and our usage, we, we can go in the other direction. And it's really important to, to be mindful of that, because we don't want it yeah. to be where we're avoiding our, our emotions or what we're going through, but more so to be able to, to process, right? Right. Yeah. And like go into it with that mind state, like you're saying, you know, um, if that is where you're going to, well, then your journal could be in front of you while you're doing that. Or, you know, for me, it's like, I'm going to 
you know, hit this bowl or something and then go on a walk outside to really, you know, clear my mind and get back to nature, or I'm going to go to the beach and draw or something with those types of activities set in stone while you are, um, you know, medicating or for after, I think that that is a great tool to be able to, um, use it for, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what resources would you recommend for people who are looking for support or information on hormone therapy and, and just the process people go through? Um, well, for us in California, there luckily is, I think, good amount of LGBTQ um, resources, but I do think that um, that people should probably look through. What I went through is Kaiser in San Francisco. They actually have a great um, program that has a whole bunch of resources, whether you have Kaiser insurance or not, um, for uh, either transitioning or... Um, gender reassignment type surgeries or just, you know, um, support groups. And I think that that would be a great resource to utilize. Um, also there is the, um, for me, I really did utilize social media, um, is through Instagram for a lot of my questions. And it does sound silly, but within our generation and the younger generations, we do use, and utilize those platforms um, as like a community. And there is a huge um, trans community on Instagram that is very close knit. And that's why I do, you know, suggest and tell anybody that they can all, you know, hit me up on Instagram because I'm more than happy to be there as a resource um, and possibly help you find whether it be in another state or something, um, resources for you. Yeah, I I just was pulling up your Instagram here. So um, everyone, if you want to follow Emerson, it's Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R underscore F-I-V-E, V as in Victor, I on Instagram. And I was wrong. You don't have... 25,000, but you've got 21.2, which is pretty darn close. (laughs) (laughs) And you just had, was it a year or two ago, you had the My Trans Life video that came out too. Yes, yeah. Um, It was a short documentary um, showcasing my family and I. Um, That's me um, as a trans father and then my partner, Blue, who is a non-binary mother, and then our um, our kid, who's a non-binary uh, little one, eight-year-old. Their name is Air. So okay. they just kind of followed us around, and we talked about, um, you know, raising our child uh, non-binary and how important it is to not place, you know, gender um, norms and stereotypes and you know, on on children as they grow up and how detrimental that could be for uh, their well-being as they get older and how important it is to, you know, honor and support uh, your child and however they want to express themselves on whatever road and path they want to go down. So that, that uh, video is uh, just a short little stint and a little glimpse in the day in the life of our of me and my family. I saw that you have that the link for that on your bio on Instagram too. Yeah. That's cool. You guys yeah. are such a beautiful family. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was just looking at the pictures. Yeah, I'm like, very oh my grateful. God. Yeah. Super um, blessed. It's wonderful. Dream come true, really. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, you know, I, th- I think some of the, the unrest we have in the world is people just not feeling comfortable in their own skin to be who it is that they need to be. Yeah, no, totally. And not being surrounded by people who really honor and want that for them, you know. Um, I think that now is the time for us all to, you know, as community, to just be there for each other and support each other in whatever you want to do and whatever makes you happy. And that's kind of what our goal is. And my goal is is to just keep spreading that word. Mm-hmm. Um 
and hope that people kind of all get on the ship and come sail with us, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, th- I think, you know, people are unhappy with where they are and who they are. They tend to, to put judgment on other people and constraints on other people's lives. And, you know, mm-hmm. in this world, it's like we we need more honesty and openness and love and um, just being true to ourselves because then we honor other people and their choices as long as, you know, the biggest thing is that we're good to one another. Definitely, yes. And all of our motives and intent is with love and like light. Um, I think that a lot can happen with those, you know, behind you. Yeah. Well, I I'm just really I'm I'm so looking forward to to seeing you, you know, doing more, having more conversations, and having more putting out more support and education to the community because we, we really need it. We, your voice is so important and vital, um, especially for people who may not have the support that they need. Totally. You know, to be yeah. seen. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me with you. I had, like, so much fun. Um, and it is really important to, you know, keep our voices heard. And like I said, I'm I'm an open book and open resource for anybody who needs, you know, somebody to... To talk to. Well, thank you. So, everyone again, Emerson Palmer, educator and trans man extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite people. Um, thank you, my brother. I really, really thank appreciate you. you being here. Um, if anybody wants to get a hold of Emerson uh, via Facebook, again, it's Palmer, P A L M E R underscore five, F I V E V I. V is in Victor, I. Thanks, Em. I really, I hope that we're able to have future conversations on the podcast. Yes, Come back anytime. Yeah. And anytime that you have something please. new that you want to share. But please, everyone, Emerson is an amazing resource. He's got a lot to share. Um, and we're all just really working hard to make the world a better place. So join us next time. Um, we're going to have an exciting guest next month as well. And in the meantime... Be kind. Thank you. Thank you.